G'day folks, it's the coach here bringing you uh, Talking Bone Splitters. It is the Oric War Clans and I'm here with a man who probably needs no introduction, a gentleman who loves his mangoes, but more importantly was demanded to be on the show. Um, the, the YouTube comments on other videos are like, we want Matt Gammy, we want Matt Gammy. So back by popular demand, it is the Mango Mafia himself, Matt Gammy, all things Oric War Clans. How are you, sir? I'm good, my dude. How are you? Yeah, really good, man. Really good. Happy Sunday. Happy Mother's Day for everyone in Australia. If you're watching this live, uh, I hope your mum's doing well. Yep. Say hello to your mums for me. In no I, I was... way whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I, no way to say it right, is that? It's... I was thinking of Rope McManus, like, say hello yep. to your mum for me. Uh, yep. Wow. Yep. That is uh, anyone who... <laughs> Anyone who's not Australian has no idea what's going on, yep. but say hello to your mum. Uh, but Matt Gammy, you, you're, you're a friend of the channel. You did our faction focus for the Auric War Clan book when it very first dropped out. I know you are on the other side, which is Bone Splitters. So I thought there was no better person in the world, uh, in the universe, funnily enough, uh, who could talk to us through all things Bone Splitters. But how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just uh, had a busy Mother's Day and sitting here uh, with book in hand, but also building an army that isn't bone splitters, but I won't talk about it because it just takes away the whole purpose of it. So, yeah. And shout out, to your, shout out to your Queensland crew. I can see Tim, Tim McD. I can see uh, Gabe. I can see all of the Queensland crew who have jumped in the chat. So, uh, yeah. Hello, Mango awesome. boys. How are we? I hope you love life. Yeah, exactly. Open up the borders and let's start playing tournaments soon. That's yes. it. Oh, can't wait. It's going to be the highlight. Going to be the highlight. What else do we need to know about Matt Gabby? So I've done a, a little introduction. What, what, what are the, what's the internet need to know about you? Tell us about you and how you first got into Age of Sigma. Yeah, man. Uh, so I played a bit of fantasy in 8th edition. So that was... Blins, had a great time with them. Uh, and then the Savage Orc plastic kit came out. So in uh, 8th edition with Orcs and Goblins, and it was kind of really drew me to them from the get-go. I really loved their whole aesthetic, and they, they were really cool, looked at really you know bulky compared to the um, standard Orcs that you can still see today in 40K with their hunchbacks and spinal issues. Um, and, yeah, the Savages, they were a great time, loved them, and... Um, Age of Sigma came along. I was actually talking about the end times with a couple of boys the other day and saying, you know, I probably should have realized that being called the end times was pretty much the end of fantasy, but it was one of those things I was oblivious to it. And Sigma came around and uh, played a bit of Bone Splitters around then as well because they changed, obviously, from Savage Orcs to Bone Splitters. And um, then they were one of the new books to come out uh, around about the same time as Seraphon. Actually, they were the new new book to come out uh, with Sylvaneth mm. with Allegiance abilities and everything. So um, I was really excited that they decided to support them because I thought making a whole army of Savage Orcs was an awesome idea. Um, and it's one of the books, one of the very few books where I've read it from cover to cover. Um, the whole, every page, loved every bit of the fluff, you know, hilarious where there was stories of Orcs that, got hit in the head by a giant and then they saw this vision and they all followed him around through the different realms trying to hunt dudes down and yeah so sigma wise i've uh been playing since the get-go um played all the way back in the day with uh scgt points when they first tried to drop trying to balance the game out uh and then obviously once match play started i've been in the event scene pretty much from the get-go there as well no heaps of people down south and around australia from that and it's been really cool to see the community grow and um yeah so so that's pretty much me 
No, that's awesome. And funnily enough, my very first tournament experience was against the Bone Splitters and the Cutting Ruck. It wasn't against you. Yep. It was my very first CanCon game one. Uh, the weight of dice from potentially the world's slowest player in the world. Excellent. Uh, Love who, it. Who, who had an assistant at the time and they still, <laughs> we only still got to turn three, but um, we've, we've kind of evolved a lot over time since that very first uh, book and that Cunning Ruck. But You've, you've sent me through a list as well for anyone who's watching us. And, again, Queensland, literally, they're not even watching uh, The Last Dance or whatever it is. They are literally in the chat. Uh, I can see uh, Snake Daddy Blake's in the chat. We've got Where's Graham going on. Uh, we've got Arnold, uh, who's not not from Queensland. But, again, long story short, literally every man and his dog's here. So Awesome. Uh, Good to see. Good to see. popular man. Popular man. <laughs> Something like that. So you've been playing Warhammer, you've been playing Bone Splitters for a while, you know, friend of everybody, you're a good man. What specifically drew you to this? If I was a new player and I'm in Games Workshop and I'm thinking about starting a new army, what drew you to this particular range as opposed to the others uh, that were available? Yeah, and so um, with the, the Iron Jaws, uh, they weren't around in the time when the plastic... Savage Orcs came out and they were one thing that um, I really loved the ball boys and everything when they started to come out. And um, for me, if I was a new player, you can kind of walk into a games workshop or a, uh, any game store and you can see a wall of boxes and you kind of sit there and go, okay, what's going on? And you've got, you look at a Savage Orc and they're, you know, barely armoured. They've, you know, their paint schemes on them are awesome on the actual box set itself. Uh, if you flip it over, you can see all the tattoos and everything. And so I think for um, a variety of reasons, there'd be people that would want to collect them for, say, a, a painting opportunity to try some different things with skin tones and, and war paint. Uh, I've actually repainted my bone splitters three times now. So um, this is a third paint scheme with them. And uh, I, it's one of those things where I've, I've never saw them as uh, pain to paint because they were kind of you can get into the rhythm of them and uh, buy a box and you get 20 models in it and you know which is pretty great for for their cost and um, they've got a pretty significant box to kind of go double double down you can get three kits out of one and then two out of the other for the for the savage orcs and um, then you've got the the characters themselves you've got the old Wurzag, uh, who's been turned into a Wurgog Prophet, he's pretty great. And then um, you've got conversion opportunities there because a lot of them are fine casts. So uh, if you ever follow Facebook pages or Twitter that of Bone Splitters players, they tend to spend a lot of time making war docs and all that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, man, if you if you like the idea of a horde army running across the table, um, you know, I think they're definitely the type of army where they're quite intimidating to see on the table. I had one of my mates, Al, couple of months ago when I bought the Savages out after repainting them, even, uh, you know, a couple of people were watching a game that I was having and went, wow, it just looks intimidating to have a sea of green moving across the table. And for me, that's uh, what orcs should be. So, yeah. It's very it. reflective of what they should be on the battle, which is this amazing tide of just, uh, you know, Fire Slayer-esque naked, you know, <clears throat> orcs running at you. Uh, forget the armor. They are just going to stab you with their stabbers. Um, I saw a really awesome conversion the other day. It was a kickbash more, actually, of a prophet, but what they had done is use the Yunari. Um, in, in 40K, there's, like, this Yunari model that's kind of, like, spinning up, and it's almost like the Celestin Prime's kind of – not Celestin, yeah, the Prime. The, it's almost mm. like a swirl like that, and it's just amazing kind of magic and kind of energy that was coming out of, you mm. know, um, 
of the Oryx. So I think the, you know, 100% they are a fun, cool army to work with. Mm. Um, and the Tattoos as well. I think for me, that's, uh, that's a, a nice space to play with. Um, it doesn't have to be just a big body of green. And it's, you know, some people are saying in the chat as well, you get the, um, you know, contrast and, and it works well. So particularly contrast coming out now, they've, I've seen some great armies done with contrast paints and done really quickly as well. So that's a big positive, a big bonus. It's a perfect range for, for contrast, actually. Um, mm. It's super easy, you know, a quick dry brush. You know, the weapons are, you know, a little bit different. They've got stone as opposed to metal. So um, they do look very different, which is great. Um, mm. And they play well on the table too. So Absolutely. Go buy bone splitters. Yep, they do. do. <laughs> yeah, great army. Get amongst and when, we, yep. and when we get to your list, I'll show off some uh, some some of the cool stuff that you're putting in your list at the moment. And one uh, is coming from Forge Roll. I can't wait to talk about that because that uh, is one of my <laughs> favorite models. I don't own yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what I great. what I might do now is I might bring up the rules, and I'd love to uh, imagine that I'm a new player picking up this Battle of Tone for the first time, and um and you know maybe I'm playing uh, Iron Jaws at the moment. Maybe I'm playing something different. And I'm reading these rules and I'm thinking, what does this mean to me as an experienced player? So I'd love to tap into your knowledge to go, what does X mean? So give me two seconds. I'll bring it up. Yeah, man. So, so we're coming from the book called the Auric War Clans. In the Auric War Clans, you've got three ways to build your army. One is Iron Jaws. One is a mixed force. So uh, if you want to have Bone Splitters and Iron Jaws, you can kind of mix it up this thing called a Big Wag. But you're going down a trait that's specific to the bone splitters. So it's not the iron jaws. Uh, it's not the big combo. When you go bone splitters, you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go from top to bottom. And then again, would love your ideas. So first things first is if you go bone splitters, you're going to get a war clan. So you're either going to be able to choose the bone grinds, the drag foot uh, or the ice bone. What is that? Yeah, man. So uh, that's uh, one of the coolest things that I think has come out of, um, you know, AOS 2.0 is that idea of your, your storm casts, you know, storm chambers or, you know, in this case, war clan uh, for different orcs because you do have your bone splitters as your base. You can, um, you know, try and run them without. Uh, well, actually, it says you kind of have to pick one of those three. And, and what it actually does is it kind of changes, in my mind, the play style of, of the the army each time so uh one of the interesting things is is that i obviously have picked a, a particular war clan to go with um but the list that we're going to look at later i could easily fit in uh the other two war clans as well and and that's something that i think's really for me it was really refreshing going from the older book the older book as you said it did tend to kind of lean towards one build uh whereas this one you know it it really mixes it up and there's a lot of uh, bonuses for running the different war clans. Some of them have, you know, ignore after saves, others extra rend if you roll a six. Another one, you're forced to charge if you're an opponent. And we can talk about that with uh, our next rule, Tyler's Trackers. But it's that sort of thing of, uh, again, it, it adds that level of complexity to an army that, you know, initially you kind of look at and go, okay, cool, it's a horde of guys. What, what else could I do with it? And, um, you know, you get different artifacts, you get command traits. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good, really good way to, to mix it up. I'll just quickly acknowledge Gabe in the chat who said, uh, do you roll better if you are also naked? Like like your, your uh, they're not 100% naked, but they're pretty close to the loincloth. Yeah, look, uh, I, I don't want to allude to too much, but let's just say that I am only wearing a shirt right now. <laughs> Please don't Gabe. stand up. 
I'll get banned off YouTube. Uh, anyone, who, anyone who's listening to the podcast at this particular point, you're missing out on the, the, the um, oh, I was going to say the Joe, what's his name, from Magic Mike. You are the Magic Mike of Asia Sigma. Uh, next thing, sorry, sorry, Dan, I always shorts. Second, second of all, you've got uh, Tyler's Trackers. So Tyler's Trackers are after the armies have set up, but before the first battle round begins, half of the Bone Splitter units from the Bone Splitter army rounding up, can move up to five inches. If both players can move before, uh, in the first battle, before the first battle round begins, they must roll off and the winner chooses who moves first. So I get a free five-inch move, but what does that mean more than just, hey, free movement? Yeah, look, this one for me was a massive game changer for the whole army. Um, I, I loved the the war clans and I loved the other rules that we'll talk about a bit later that they kind of cleaned up from the old book. But this was something that was a brand new rule that came into Bone Splitters. And for me, it's uh, I reckon it's one that's kind of really changed in my to do and it's I, I played these guys at um runax last year so uh, in a team's event and it was actually the first weekend of war clans as well so no one had played played them before um and i, I came up against tyler who you're going to be talking to tomorrow with his uh you know six bloodthirsters or five bloodthirsts how many it is I, I lost count it was a great time for me um with the meet with the trialist trackers i managed to move forward onto an objective in focal points and it really threw him to kind of in his head he went yep i'm going to take double turn i'm going to you know run the same plan that he has for you know the last few tournaments that he's done really well at and um you could see it really threw him off and went ah oh, do i let you further your control of the table by giving you first turn because that was kind of his plan originally or do i then have to take first turn so it actually really threw him off and it's one thing for me uh if you're playing against a alpha strike army uh, you could move your screen forward and then move everyone else back because it is half your units. So, you know, mm -hmm. you're running on average probably about 10 to 11 units. So you're getting five five to six units moving because um, it's rounding up. So that's the the thing is that when you, when you think about the way the army works, it really does – five inches doesn't sound like a lot, but when you see it on the table with the, the footprint of a lot of the units as well, it does really throw your opponents off. It's one of my favourite rules that they, they were introduced, so love them. I used to run a free guild unit of archers just for that ability. And I know chaos players are taking one of the Warcry warbands to get one unit to kind of get that free six inch move. But for you to have up to half of your army to do it mm. is, uh, is, is pretty awesome, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're taking shooting units, um, you're, you're going to be in range for more things. If you are, you've got more combat units, you're going to be able to move faster into combat. You've yep. set the screening piece. Um, some of the scenarios as well, some of those scenarios only have 18 inches between you and your opponent. So add five inches um, straight off the bat that, you know, the, the charge is almost guaranteed, right, mm -hmm. um, without even spending a CP. So um, I, I know if someone said to me, hey, I'm going to um, move five inches for half of my army, that also might reconsider who I let go first. Maybe I'm an army, like a hollow heart army, like I, I really want to, I really want to take second turn, right? Like I want to go go last. But if you're rushing at me, I'm like, shit, I need to put on my buffs first, so I'm going to take it. And you're putting me psychologically at a, at a disadvantage. So mm. just Yeah, tick, absolutely. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah, and the other thing that I, I love is the uh, the Bone Grinds army. So uh, one of the the war clans, which we, we won't be talking about because I haven't picked that for, for my war clan, but it's one where you force your opponent to charge. So if you're within 12, you have to charge because... Wow. 
great. So that tireless trackers by positioning a unit, you know, if, if you wanted to move up and say you're a unit of eels or something and you want it to fly over and try and get into other screens, but you've got that closest unit that you have to charge, that really throws people off to kind of go, ah, oh, well, now my whole game plan, which was this before, is then thrown off. So, um, yeah, I love it. It's a great, great group. Awesome. So you're going to charge the closest unit, is that correct? Correct, yeah, because they're, wow. they're yelling profanities at you and, and hitting you with amber arrows mm -hmm. and weapons and stuff and makes you angry. So it's great. That's crazy because, like, right now I'm building a Tempest Eye list and I've been playing around with uh, – so I've got a Black Dragon that moves 14 inches and um, the command trait lets me run and charge. And strike, and, and then and then the um, and I can always strike first, which is pretty cool. And then I was thinking, like, I'm going to put thermal rider cloak, so it's like an 18 inch move, plus the run, plus the charge. But and, and obviously, what I want to do is I want to jump the screen. I want to I want to be able to jump the that that battle line that's you know is nice and juicy. But I want to get into the center, the you know the wizards, the you know the things that you're trying to protect. But that's going to stop me from doing that. So. Um, it's almost like the, the the combat equivalent for the deep king, right? You know, your deep king, you've got yep. to shoot, you've got to shoot at the closest. You're forcing mm. me not to do what I want to do. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. That's what I love about it. And I know Benjamin Saver in England's been doing really well with that. So um, yeah, it's it's doing really well as a war clan. I love it. It's great. Next one you've got is the war paint. So uh, roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or a mortal wound to a model with this battle trait on a six. That model or uh, that wound or mortal wound is negated. So does everyone get the trait, or is this just heroes, or who gets that? This is everyone, man. And uh, the great thing about this was a change from the older book. Uh, the older book, you used to have a six-up unrendable save, uh, so um, and also a six-up against mortal wounds. This is now a DPR save, which a lot of people refer to, so damage prevention roll. Um, so if you wound or a mortal wound, you you get to roll that six, and uh, you'll see in my list later. Later on, I've got 190. You're good, you there? You dropped yeah, out on me for a second. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just, All yeah, right. that's crazy. Sweet, dude. The damage prevention yeah, is so pretty mental. Absolutely. It's 190 wounds where, you know, I mean, chances are rolling a six. You sit there and it's not an amazing save, but sometimes it'll really frustrate your opponent if you roll that six and, you know, prevents a billion damage from going through. So it's a, it's a very nice upgrade. I really like the new Warpaint as well. I mean, everyone loves the Phoenix Guard because you get the four up, but it's only on one unit. So mm -hmm. getting that six up additional save, um, you know, extrapolate an extra, you know, uh, six, you know extra wounds uh, through yep. the maths. Excellent. Uh, yep. <laughs> you're the teacher. Yeah, teach me the bats. Add, add, add an extra six. Yeah, uh, the next like one is the monster hunter. So, mm. uh, if a friendly mo bone splitters unit within three inches of an enemy monster, um, when it's in, when it chooses to fight before it piles in, you can choose one of the following rules until the end of the phase. So, mm. I can either get uh, an additional three inch pile in, so making my, my, my pile in six inches. Uh, I can add plus one to my hit roll uh, for the attacks made against a monster. Uh, or if they unmodified wound roll for an attack made uh, by that unit that targets a monster and it's a six, that attack inflicts one mortal wound in addition to regular damage or normal mm -hmm. damage. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So um, again, this one changed from the last book. Last book, you had to roll. So you never knew what you were going to get. Uh, same rules, sir, but they actually used to have um, re-roll wounds instead of add one to hit. And I actually think the add one to hit is far better uh, for, for an army that's on average hitting on fours. Uh, yeah. The chances of getting through um, some great wounds there and, and hits there is much better. Um, and the great thing about that is, is that you know, like the wild abandon, a lot of people kind of tend to ignore. But I think if you're looking at the, again, trying to get models onto an objective, if you've got a monster sitting on there, chuck a few more. So something like a Stonehorn, for example, that counts as 10. If I've got a mm. unit of 30 and I want to get some more models on there to to kind of outnumber the opponents, then you do want that six-inch pile in. So it's, it sounds a bit weird because it's an enemy with or a monster within three. So, uh, you know, you're not being able to do a monster within six and then piling within six. Um so that's kind of like one that I think a lot of people tend to ignore, but I think it's a great rule. Uh, stab, stab, stab again, the add one to hit rolls is great. And the Berserk Strength, so again, it's that kind of thing of depending on units. Uh, what I like is it's not across the whole table. You don't have to pick one rule and then it all applies to units. It can differ between uh, units there. So if I've got, say, big stabbers that roll in against a monster and I want to get plus one to hit on them, I'll do that. Uh, just to, to get that chances off again. And if I want to, you know, have a thousand attacks going in and I'd rather try and get some mortal wounds on them, then I'd go with the Berserk Strength as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of play in that that rule. It's really nice. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It gives you such versatility at a tournament. You know, you go against a Bastillodon, you need those mortal wounds to chip it down from that one plus armor, say, boom, you've got a tool. Uh, but if you need something else, you know, you need just more volume, um, you know, and, but or, as you said as well, you want to get that extra body in. Um, tick, tick, tick. That's pretty sweet, uh, especially because you've got 32 mil bases, right? So it's a little bit harder to kind of get more bodies on an objective. Agreed, yeah. Uh, second last rule you're going to get is the spirit of the beast. So do not take battle shock tests for bone splitter units that uh, if an enemy monster were slain by the wounds inflicted by that unit in the same turn. All right, that seems pretty easy. It is, yep, it's uh, read that three times quick. Um, yeah, what I, what I like about this rule is that, um, you know, you come up against a Keeper of Secrets that knocks, you know, 30 wounds or, you know, knocks the unit down significantly and you know the battle shock's going to hurt because our, our bravery is terrible as much as we're frenzied maniacs. Our bravery is pretty dodgy. Uh, four, five? Uh, five. So, okay. you know, for a unit that's... Um, rocking a lot of models on average it's uh we can get to bravery six with a banner so that's exciting uh but it is that sort of thing of you're losing a couple of models that dice rolls starting to hurt a bit but if you come up against keeper of secrets you manage to knock its wounds off uh and say you've lost 10 odd models then you're not taking a battle shot for that phase which uh i think is a really powerful rule and i, I really like it so yeah it's a good one yeah that is good you're basically saving some cp um, mm -hmm. and, then the, and then the final one is you get this basically once per battle command ability. So uh, if you have any Bone Splitters, you can use the following command ability, which is Bone Splitter Warg. Uh, it is a big, long line of text, but basically uh, it's a once per battle command ability. Um, if you have a Bone Splitters army uh, and the general is on the battlefield, so you, this one requires a general. So what's going to happen is uh, if you do have all of that, you roll a dice uh, and add that number um, to the friendly amount of bone splitter units that are wholly within 18 of the general. So I'm counting all the units around my general. I'm adding a dice roll. If that roll is up to 11, sorry, if that roll is up to 11, at the end of the phase, add one to the attacks characteristics of melee weapons used by friendly bone splitters uh, that are wholly within 18 of the general. 
If it's 12 or more, uh, you add plus two to the attack characteristics of the melee weapons for bone splitters that are wholly within 18 of the general. So this is very general centric. It's not, it's unlike most other command abilities that you can do on just a, an average Joe. Um, how do you how do you interpret that and how do you kind of play that to your strengths yeah this one um it was another new rule that was brought in uh for me i haven't really used it in the games that i've had uh mainly because the time you want to use it's a bit late game you want to get those extra attacks in by the time you're in combat and uh by that stage you're a bit more split up depending on uh, the objectives and depending on the mission. But I do think it's got some play mainly for that last rule, which is the extra hits all in italics. Um, it's it's that idea of stacking abilities and trying to get some extra attacks. I mean, it doesn't hurt to get an extra one attack or two attacks on units that tend to have, you know, like you look at a Maniac's weird, no, uh, not weird, no, Maniac uh, boy boy unit who's got five attacks per dude on top and then you know, two attacks with their pigs, you know, you're adding all those attacks more, you know, it's that kind of idea of wave and wave of attacks coming through. Uh, it does have some play. For me, it's kind of one of those things that's situational and by the time you're managing your way through all the other rules in the book, you're probably tending to forget it. So um, it's one that I do want to get a bit more play in with, but at the moment, it's, yeah, it's probably not on my number one radar for that one. I feel it reminds me a little bit like a triumph. It's like you've got something that's up your sleeve when you need it, which is like turn three, turn four, you've probably forgotten about it because it's a once per game right. benefit. So you like a yep. neat little token that kind of says, you know, bone splitter wag. Um, mm. But it's mm. a, this sounds like some cool stuff, but yeah, I can see why you'd forget it in the, in the mix of things. Yep. Yep. Um, anything else you want to add to the bone splitter allegiance or what we'll do next is we'll talk about what your, your army's about, which is going to be about the Dracmund. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, just before that, we'll just talk about that last, see the little wonderful italics part about the extra hits at the bottom there. It's one thing that they cleared up uh, with the, the new book coming out, which, you know, the last book we were able to, I think you were talking about that cutting ruck where you only got to turn three uh, in a game at CanCon because the amount of dice you'd have to roll, you'd have stacks, you'd, you know, every four you'd roll, you're getting three extra shots, then then you'd have to then roll those three extra shots. It didn't count as an extra hit. They've cleared it up to say it's an extra hit, so you just add the dice now. You don't have to roll, you don't have to add all these things in. But one thing that's interesting is, is that stacking ability. So it says that, you know, there's lots of different abilities throughout the book that allows you to generate extra attacks on a six, uh, and they do stack. So if you've got your spell, you've got command ability, if you're running, uh, drac not Drakfoot, if you're running Bone Grinds, you can add another one in there as well. So sometimes if you roll extra attacks on top of that, so it's um, or extra hits rather. So it is something they cleared up. Um, I'm glad they did because before that it was, um, yeah, really hard to manage as a Bone Splitters player. It was really painful. So. Yeah, the, di the dice management was probably the worst I'd ever seen. Daughters of Cain at times can be really bad, but... The, um, the they used to be really the, you know these guys were just as bad if not worse but it's 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 glad that they've kind of cleared things up it's a simpler play style you can still get all the benefits and probably something to think about when people are building their lists is thinking about where are all the different ways I could potentially activate that additional attack on a six so knowing that you haven't got just redundancy but you're going to be able to get it from one two three four sources. Um, that means you're really preparing for a big hit, uh, especially yep. when you go for those sixes. Absolutely. I'm glad you called that out as well because most of the time when things are in italics, it's more about just, you know, it's like a little FAQ, like a little like a FYI. 
Um, yeah. But that actually is really important, that one. So uh, mm, do not it skip is, it. It is, yeah. And it was a great yeah. one that they added in because I, I didn't think they were going to um, clear that one up. I thought they were going to leave that a bit, you know, uh, allowed to allow to pick in. Oh, hello, Siri. Um, into that idea of, you know, like allowed to do rules as written and people start to play around with the loopholes and things like that. So they did clear it up from the start, which was nice. Yeah. Shout out Games Workshop. Thanks very much for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what your list is going to be about when uh, my computer stops having a, uh, a fit is you yeah. have talked about the drag foot. So I might just mm -hmm. skip off this for a minute while I fix it. Yeah, that's but right. Your, yeah. Your, your list is about drag foot. So um, why did you pick drag foot? And what are the things that you're tapping into drag foot that ice brow at ice brow, ice, ice something, and the others aren't. Uh, you're close. You're close. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think, as I said before, they do all have their own play. And um, look, to tell you the truth, I would say that, Trackfoot's kind of your easy option to follow along. And um, what I mean by that is that its main uh, strength that a lot of people, you know, the internet does its wonderful job of raging at the world whenever you first release a rule. And, you know, I remember the Warclans, uh, you know, Warhammer community article dropped and everyone went, oh, my God, it's Trackfoot's going to be the auto take. It's the worst thing ever to exist, blah, blah, blah. Mainly because you ignore Ethereal with the, the army that mainly has only one or two units with rend. So yeah. go figure that. Uh, so a lot of people went, oh, I didn't understand that one. It does make sense later on. Uh, and obviously if there's any kind of ability where you negate wounds from some kind of role, it's completely ignored by this as we have crazy magic arrows that we're using. So um, again, it's a, it's a fantastic rule comes up against, you know, Daughters of Cain. You know, Hagnar is the, the go-to for a lot of Daughters of Cain's to save. Me completely ignoring that means that you just... Looks like Gabby might have dropped off for a second. So, um, cool. Uh, so while Gabby just sorts himself out, um, not sure what happened there. Uh, I might bring up his list and um, you'll start to see. Oh, he's coming back. I'm using the phone. Hopefully the phone. Welcome back. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. Australian internet is hot garbage right now. It's in now. the power of phone stop, internet. That'll work. Stop watching The Last Dance with me. Stop <laughs> using my, my internet wherever you are in the world. Yeah. Uh, but, Gammy, welcome back. Uh, we're, just, we're just wrapping that up with uh, Dragfoot and obviously ignoring Ethereal uh, and then also the key part about yeah. the saves as well. So things like the Phoenix Guards additional save, things like Daughters of Cain Hagnar additional saves, you're going to straight out ignore that. Uh, no save for you.
Yeah, and and I think it's a powerful rule that um you know your fire slayers players rely on a fair bit with their four up after save and yeah it's a it's a great rule one that um again really kind of throws people off but uh, again it's that sort of uh, for me it was the the easy option to tell you the truth um, ice bone I love as a rule with the extra rend um, on a roll of a six but. Again, it's that sort of, there's a lot of different nuances to different war clans. And uh, for me, I think this one all round, I really liked the idea of just saying no after to save, you know, throws people off a bit. You know, there's people like, um, you know, Luke, one of my mates who's been playing uh, Deke Kim for the last couple of years and, and their six up save for being near their ships, it stops a lot of things where, you know, people are relying on that just enough defense for me to go, here's a thousand shots, good luck. Um, you know, it's a, it, it adds that extra that offense that we don't usually get. So oh, I, um, I, I, I played I played against a Drakfoot in November and I had a nice big block of, of 30 Phoenix Guard and they disappeared pretty quickly uh, because of Drakfoot. Um, and that's like a good 400, 500 point unit. Uh, yep. in the game because I've got like a little hero that kind of combines with it. So, you know, Nighthorn, you're screwed. You know, yep. things like your yep. um, Vampire Lord with a Ethereal Amulet or your Stonehorn or your more Crusher with a Ethereal Amulet, see you later. Yep. Um, there's so many things with that DPR save that you just straight up negate. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's um one of those things where uh again like it's that that ignoring ethereal amulet they actually clear that up so you, you don't ignore the ethereal amulet yeah so they faq'd it to say um ethereal rule and the other thing was um you know if you've th initially people thought with the uh, negating wounds that marathi wouldn't get her minimum of three or maximum of three wounds per turn a lot of people thought that would bypass that and they cleared it up in the faq to say no no she still sticks to her three wounds per per turn sort of thing um the other thing that i really like about him is the command ability it's a it's one that i've used once and it it really threw my opponent off it was um if you've got the uh a unit of 10 nearby and your your um uh wizard of some type or your general uh he can throw out a command ability where a unit can actually dispel uh, and um, if they have 10 or more models uh, Holy Winter 18 uh, you add one if they've got 20 or more models so it's uh, really nice just to kind of say you know if you want to get that extra 10 inches if you spread out further from wizard and the wizard can't get in range to stop a spell and it might be really significant to someone's gameplay and you just go yep I'm going to burn a CP give it a go see if I can uh, get that as well because there are ways to generate CP in this army as well um, around their Wurgog profits and the like. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty nice rule, the old command ability. Before we get into your list, I wouldn't mind just like a high-level overview because, again, we're going to kind of connect all the dots for Bone Splitters and show it how it kind of works in a Drakfoot. But it might be nice to hear, you know, just a very high level, maybe like an elevator pitch or, you know, explain to me where or what a Bone Grinds and a Ice Bone. Bone. <laughs> just looking at my looking looking at my battle plan. So the ice bone or the uh, the bone grind. So what's the yep. what's the elevator pitch for those two compared to what we just heard about? You know, ignoring ethereal and all that good stuff. Yeah, um, I think with if you're going to look at bone grinds, you're looking at MSU type 
army disruption army play around with the idea of say a cop ruck where you've got uh, a lot of war docks and a lot of um smaller 10-man units and if you play around with that that's the one where they've got their ability called bring it on where you have to charge if you're within 12 um and obviously if you make the charge you have to go in you can't just choose not to um you know it's that sort of thing of uh then the other great thing about it is is once you're within three you cannot retreat from them so that stops your uh you know daughters of cain from doing the retreat and charge a few other armies from retreating and charging as well it's a really nice uh bonus there so that's the bone grinds they're kind of they add in their extra ability as well where they can stack uh they've got um subtracting one from bravery uh units while they're within 12 of the general because he's kind of an angry dude uh but essentially, bone grinds is your MSU. That's how I kind of see them. Play around with disruptions, throw your opponent off a little bit. Uh, Ice bone, I see that as a. Uh, it was sold as a pig army because that's what they used to be. Was the army of pigs riding across the table um, doing yeah. wonderful things? Uh, they do have some great little rules around that, but I like that they improve their rend by one if they have a unmodified roll of a wound of a six, uh, and yeah. basically with the amount of attacks going out, if you've got a few sixes in there, a nice bit of rend's nice. If you've already got rend, adding some rend there is always good as well. Their little command ability where they um, can be hit by boar boys and then you can actually freeze your opponent and um, there's ways to kind of do retreat and charge from that as well. It's pretty fun. So stops you, halves your move, stops you from being able to charge and retreat and charge and all that sort of stuff. So it's pretty fun. Plus, good. plus it's one of those other ones that's activating on a six. So again, we can start looking for that number of six and try to find yeah. not only we're going to get this rain, but we're also going to get more attacks. So we're going to get this and this. So again, we're looking for that six. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, if you're looking at bone grinds, you're probably looking at more playing around with your opponent. Ice bone, playing around with weight of dice, uh, track foot, you want to try and, again, try and get in your opponent's head a little bit, but um, that ignoring after saves has really helped me in a few different matchups. I really like it. Cool. So, yeah, thanks for that. And, and again, because some people might look at this and go, oh, I'm not really kind of worried about, you know, the additional after save that I kind of hear why the, there might be a benefit to track foot. But, you know, obviously there are the other types of builds you can start thinking about. But you will really kind of share me one of your lists and I'd love to kind of put this all into practice and understand, you know, what these particular units are bringing to the table and why we've gone particular spell, particular artifact, particular unit size. You know, again, that methodology behind the madness again. Uh, if I'm a new player, I probably don't know enough about the army or if I'm looking at getting really good and you are a competitive war gamer who gets great results, you can kind of start to see why you make the decisions that you make. So first things first, you've got, obviously, you know, we're talking Bone Splitters. So you've got the Bone Splitters Allegiance. We have talked about the Drakfoot. We've literally just explained why we've gone Drakfoot. Uh, the first one we'll kind of talk about is the Wargog Prophet. Uh, you've taken the Lore of the Savage Beast with Brutal Beast Spirit. So talk to me about this model. Talk to me about this spell and why you've combined the both. Yeah, so um, I, I love this guy. He uh, got a few extra wounds this this book. Um, he's now uh, eight wound model, I believe, which is pretty wild for a for a little dancy man himself. Um, what I love, oh sorry, it might be a seven wound model. Regardless, what I love about him is he's um, given the ability to generate a CP on a four plus now. So very similar to the uh, Moon Clan Grots with their the their wizards. Yep. Yeah. So um, adding that in as an ability to get an extra CP on an army that's not super CP thirsty, but I think it's um, definitely got some uh, uh, reliance 
patents on some command abilities to be used. Uh, what I like about this guy is he's a two-cast wizard. Um, he can also dispel two as well, I believe, which I'll just clear that up. But it's that one where, for me, he's your kind of go-to wizard where you can start playing around with some different artifacts as well. Um, on a guy like this one, I you know I put the big Wurgog mask on the Maniac Weird Knob, but you could also play around with the, uh, I think it's a Madcap where basically he can run two from the spell law because the spell law itself is quite good in bone splitters. Mm. Um, what I like about this guy is he also neg he subtract one to hit from attack rolls. So uh, anyone attacking him, he's at a neg one to hit in combat. Uh, he's a neg one to hit in shooting because of lookout sir. So he's a bit tanky. He's got seven wounds as I just checked then. But, um, you know, he's got two. Yeah, so he can unbind two as well. So they actually changed that. He's only be able to unbind one. So it's um, nice That's to be awesome. able to do two and two. So um, with that with that minus one to hit, um, so is that only in melee? Mm. And then we're getting a different that we're getting the lookout serve rule yep. for shooting. So it's not like it stacks to be a minus two. Yep. We just get the minus one from ability and then lookout serve in shooting. Cool. Just to yep. clarify. Correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let anyone try and do a neg two against you with shooting there because uh, that'd be a bit of fun. But no, you can't do that. Um, what I like about him is he's got a spell as well in his uh, his scroll. That's what I like about um, bone splitters. They tend to, with their wizards, have a their own spell. Uh, this one is pretty similar to what he used to have, which is basically pick a unit within twenty four, and then every model in within twenty four you roll a dice for. Uh, it only needs a five to go off this spell as well, which is pretty great. But uh, every six that you roll is a mortal wound. And if you roll a 10 or more to be able to cast it um, every four plus, and there are ways to get bonuses to cast in Sami. But yeah, I really like this one for just a bit of mortal wound bomb. Uh, he's a great wizard. Uh, he's actually my general in this army. I didn't put that down, but I was going to uh, ask you I'll who make your general. My general. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm making my general only because in uh, Drakfoot as well, you don't get a uh, command trait. So the command trait is that you cast fireball with all your wizards, which is pretty great. But um, yeah, you don't get a, any bonus command trait or anything like that. So yeah. And then the brutal beast spell is uh, on a six. You get to pick one unit wholly within twenty four, and uh, until the next hero phase, they get plus one to their save roll uh, that target the unit. So that's pretty sweet. Mm, yeah so oh sorry that's uh with brutal beast spirits that's actually plus one a hit so that's the one oh, sorry, I'm, looking, I'm looking at yeah. i'm looking at sorry i'm looking at cunning beast spirits that's right Holy, that's okay there's Holy. lots of beast spirits yeah so it's brutal and cunning but yeah brutal no. is plus one a hit um so that one again really nice as i said earlier in in the uh live stream that we were talking about this idea of hitting on fours is really painful for any destruction player and a lot of destruction players know what it's like to roll fours to hit um so changing that to threes if you're in melee or if uh you're an arrow boy unit then changing that to fours to hit instead of fives is really nice um so i really like that it's holly within 24 so it used to be within 18 but i actually found holly within 24s uh easier to manage in my mind when i'm playing it so uh, I really like that rule. It's a good one. Well, sp well especially with the five-inch additional move, right? So straight off, that makes life a bit easier to keep your guys in range. Um, the things that I would do with my Gloom Spike gets if I could get plus one to hit somewhere. Um, nothing yeah. frustrates me more than my stabbers that hit on hit on fives, <laughs> but wound on two. They wound on yeah. two. They're going to hit on fives. So like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's a killer. It's a killer. Next unit we've got is the Savage Big Boss. Uh, it's coming in with the artifact of Vernon Tattoos. Uh, mm -hmm. Tattoos is spelt with a Z, not an S. 
So again, what what does the Savage Big Boss bring to the table and why is he taking the tattoos of all the options? Yeah, I um he was one for me that uh so he's a tax in the uh formation that I'm running. Um mainly because or battalion rather, uh mainly because it's that sort of I like him as a tool in the army but his survivability is not fantastic so um what i'll do is i'll tell you a little bit about his rules so he has six wounds uh six attacks which is really nice um and threes and threes run one damage two basically if he piles in uh then another unit wholly within 12 gets to automatically pile in and attack so it's kind of like the always strikes first uh, it's a nice little way of just breaking that down a little bit. It's kind of like smashing and bashing um, for Iron Jaws players out there. But for me, it's one that kind of adds in. You want to run him around with a Malay unit. Um, he's he's quite good at doing that. His command ability uh, is in combat now. So it used to be you could do it in shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. But in combat now is every six you roll it generates an extra attack. So, uh, yeah, that is no longer a thing where you can sit there and stack it on Arrow Boys and hope for, you know, just watch that scene from 300 where the arrows demolish everyone. So, yeah. Locks out the sky. Yeah, nothing so nothing um, frustrated. Yeah, nothing frustrated me more than that little yeah. savage big boss at the back, hiding behind terrain yeah. uh, and just activating that that blocking out of the sun. But it's got not Absolutely. there anymore. And, and it's not in there anymore. And it's, he's part of the cutting ruck, which I'll talk about a bit later. But um, his burning tattoos as well as the artifact uh, basically, every six that you roll is a mortal wound back to your opponent, and that's only in combat, so not in not in shooting. But nice little bonus. But yeah, it's nothing really fantastic. It's part of the um, Drakfoot, so that's why I put it on him because he's most likely going to be in combat rather than the Wurgle Prophet. So yeah, 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 that makes sense. Mm. Uh, next next choice you've got is the uh, is that weird knob. Uh, the mm. weird knob's coming in with the big Wurgog mast, so another mm. artifact. And and the reason we've got an artifact is Matt's alluded to. You are taking the cunning rock. Uh, you're walking around with yep. the Gorkamorka's war cry. So uh, again, yeah. What's so what's uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with the uh, weird knob, he's um, pretty essential now. I think for most armies, he was one before that you could kind of go without. Um, he used to just with his spell. It used to be reroll ones to hit, but. Uh, his spell now is where you kind of want to take him with Arrow Boys, which is what I'll be doing with my Cunning Ruck. Uh, basically, you, it's a casting value of seven, um, and this is in his scroll. So this is Bone Spirit. It's not uh, Gorkamorka's Warcry. So Bone Spirit on his scroll, uh, you roll a seven, and then you pick a unit within 12, wholly within 12, and every six that you roll generates uh, two attacks instead of one. So... Um, two hits instead of one basically so that's one where you put it with the arrow boys now can't it's unmodified six so you can't make that uh you know four plus like you used to be able to yeah um but essentially with that one uh really nice spell to put on your arrow boys he also what i like is his squig used to be once per game that you'd be able to squeeze and have a re-roll a casting result but this one you can do per turn which is nice so he can you know if he's not doing too well on the spell front and a seven is quite high to cast um, so you want to try and get a re-roll on that one. I think it's really nice. Uh, he's on a bore, so he's a 12-inch move. He's pretty nice. And, yeah, he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, with the mask as well. So the mask has changed a little bit. So it used to be that you just burnt it once per game and you just – I've had plenty of wonderful stories of the old mask and what it used to do. Uh, now it's just that you have basically have – 
per turn <laughs> a unit within 12. You just pick and you, st you roll three dice and every two plus is D3 mortal wounds and every one to me is D3 mortal wounds. Yes, Ooh. yeah, that's right. So you could potentially have, you know, nearly nine mortal wounds. You could have th three to nine mortal wounds if you think about it that way, which is nice. Or you could have nine mortal wounds if I roll a Yahtzee in or try and kill Cypher onto myself, which is fun. So, yeah, it's a nice little mask there. And that happens every turn. But I can do that if you're within 12 for me. So, And on average, how often are you hurting yourself versus hurting your opponent? Like from an expectation uh, point of view, what's, what's likely yeah. to swing? I mean, if you're thinking about, like, say it was across the five turns and you were within 12 inches every time, you're probably going to be doing a fair bit of damage to yourself, but you also get an after save against that, which is nice. So, you know, against your opponent, it's a, it's a good time. And it's one thing that um, it's a bit of fun. That's what I like about this army. There's a lot of fun bits to it. It's, it's not the most competitive choice out of your artifacts. There are some other great artifacts there. But I would say it's one that does throw your opponent off again. And that's what I really like about this army is getting into your opponent's head and kind of saying, "I've," because they'll say, what's that guy got? And usually they'll go, yeah, what's the artifact? And if I tell them, uh, uh, they tend to freak out a little bit with that mask, which is nice. So it's good. It reminds me of my discussions with my squigs. They're like, oh, what does that mangler squig do? And I'm like, look, it, it moves 3D6. It can hit you like a truck. It also can do a whole lot of nothing. Mm. And... My opponent always hears hit like a truck. Uh, and then I was talking to Dan Brewer yeah. the other day and uh, I played him with my, my Mangler Squeak and I was setting up this perfect charge and uh, it moved on 3D6, four inches. So, mm. um, so but but in, in most opponents' mind, they're like, oh, man, 3D6, moves, he's 18, then he's going to charge yeah. 12. You're like... As a destruction player, yep. it never happens. It never no, happens. It could happen. And then do you know what's great is when you always say to your opponent, I swear this never happens, and then it just really triggers them more. It's great. I love it. When you get I the 18 that. inches. Yeah. Well, I did it at Adepticon where, I, uh, where, my, where my Mangler Squeak killed six of the um, – what are the corn – the corn um, uh, mounts, buddy, what are they called? Um the, the Brass Stampede guys. Skull Crushes. Um, skull Crushes. I killed yeah, six skull crushes, of the yeah. skull I, skill, I killed six Skull Crushes in one turn. And I'm like, that's never happened. He's like, boom, boom. Yeah, um, it's just never <laughs> happened. Yeah, yeah. It's um, way easy to say. It just never happens. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah destruction players get used to not getting things happening all the time. Consistency is never there. And that's why yeah. it's hard for us to win tournaments because we can go rocks Correct. and go yeah. diamonds. Um, Correct. The last, the last model you got there is a, is a Wargog, uh, War Dock. Uh, it has the breath of Gorkamorka. Um, so, again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I love about War Docks are that they've added in this dance that um, used to be a random roll. You'd say, okay, well, I'm going to randomly roll a dice and you get some bonuses for that. Now you get to pick um, and you roll a dice and it's like a prayer. So, very similar to Daughters of Cain or. Uh, your corn and those sorts of armies or slaves where you have prayers. Basically, these guys on a three plus, you can either heal a model within 12, um, and that is up to D3. So on a three plus, you heal D3 wounds, uh, or you can add one to his save. So a uh, unit save. Uh, this is just within 12, uh, holy within 12 for that one. And then uh, the holy within 12 for the weird doc dance, which is you can add one to casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls for that unit. So again, 
I, I think there's a lot of play around this. The War Dock's a great little model just to kind of have sitting there. People get so confused or they can, um, you know, you look at them and say, what do they do? They're a little wizard, so they've got an unbind as well. Uh, they've got their prayer, and they can also cast a spell as well. So I think they've got some real versatility there. They're 80 points, which is crazy for their cost. And that's what I was going to say is, you know, there's a lot of buff ranges I'm hearing from the War Dog. Um, that's that's 12, right? So it means, mm. you know, you don't normally want your wizard caster in combat or near combat, uh, but the fact that, are you going to get a cool benefit? But more importantly, it's only 80 points, so... Uh, if you can tap into that benefit yeah. and you eventually lose the model, it's only 80 points as opposed to the yeah. profit, which is double that. So, Yeah, exactly. And and what I like with the Wardock is is uh, it, it gives me access again to the spell law quite cheaply, so 80 points. Uh, the Breath of Gorkamork is a spell that I tend to rely on a fair bit. Um, it used to be the old Hand of Gork, but now there are two armies that have Hand of Gork, which are Gloomspite and Iron Jaws. So they change it to Breath of Gorkamorka instead. Uh, same rules as what it used to be, but uh, they just changed it instead of Hand of Gork. Uh, basically what it is, it needs a six. You pick one unit wholly within 24 of the wizard. Uh, you double that move and give it fly. And if you roll a double to cast, it triples the move. So... Uh, what I love about that is is that you give a unit flyer, so in my the rest of the list we'll talk about, but essentially yeah. I've got Araboys there, I've got uh, Pigs, which move 12, they can go to 24 or 36, and I love throwing in at a 10 Pigs up into the back lines of your opponent because with fly, bypass everything that you need to worry about. Um, if you've got your Rogue Idol, which we'll talk about, movement 10, um, you know, it goes to movement 20 or movement 30. So that's where a lot of people... Um, they really want to stop that spell. I usually tend to cast it last as well, so I try and get off the plus one to hit. I try and get off. We didn't talk about Corker's Morker's Warcry, but usually uh, that's a kind of last resort for me there because it's a uh, unit within 18, D3 Mortal Wounds, you strike last. Um, it's a nice little spell, but usually I'm casting the um, War Scroll spell for the Maniac Weird Knob. But again, there's so many options there. The War Dog's a fantastic unit for 80 points. I love him. He's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome value. Um, mm. Nothing scares me more. And and, and I, I watched Joel Graham do um, the triple movement on a rogue idol at South uh, South Australia GT, and that's sh that shit is bananas. Um, yep. And then, you know, even just... And you know, the, the fun part is... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great model. Uh, and it's happened, I reckon, on average at a tournament once or twice per tournament it's happened to me where i get 30 inch move with the rogue idol so big big yeah, stabbers chances as well. of it like happening th throwing big stabbers yeah. flying it's just that 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 stuff is scary especially knowing that you can block my screen because they're, they're re relatively small bases those big stabbers yeah. to be able to get them yeah. in avoid a screen and just absolutely annihilate one of my monsters or potentially my monster hero is yeah. super scary so yep yeah. it's pretty crazy all right, well, let's get into unit selection. Um, so what have we got on the table? We've got 20 Savage uh, Savage Orc uh, Arrow Boys, 20 Savage Auric uh, Arrow Boys. We have 20 Savage Oryx with stickers. Uh, so mm. you're going to go around and put stickers on my, my carry case. Correct. Uh, yep. It's going to be great. Yep. And then you've also got 10 Savage Boar Boy Maniacs. So talk me through what, yep. what's the deal. Yeah, actually, so, actually, to make um, life a little easier, I'll also, I'll also show off that you do have the cunning rock, uh, and there's the cunning rock as well. Yeah, yep, so yep, too easy. Yep, so um, we'll talk about the Arrow Boys to start off with. They were one that um, they got a really nice 
bonus in the new book. So they used to have to have 20 or more to have three shots. So basically they have three shots each. Uh, they reduce that to 15. So in a unit of 20, I still have 60 shots there until you reduce by five models. Every model in that army has two wounds with the, the boys on foot. Um, so you're looking at 40 wounds in those three units of Arrow Boys and Oryx, which is really nice. Um, what you have is the the weight of shots, which is a, a nice bonus. Um, I put them in there because with the Cunning Ruck, if you're wholly within 12 of the Savage Orc Big Boss in your hero phase, you can either move or you can shoot uh, with that with a unit. And that doesn't prevent you from doing it later. So you can put all the buffs onto a unit, shoot them, or you can move them into position. Again, that's where that tireless trackers comes into play, where you can move something into position pre-game. So if you fun, get the opportunity to move. take first turn. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And it's essentially, you know, you can get within a 15-inch distance in that that range there. A nice thing that they fixed up as well, well, not fixed up, but they cleared up is that with Breath of Gorkamorka, you can actually do that move in the hero phase and have the double move there as well um, or triple move if you get that off. So you can actually have a ridiculous amount of movement with the, the boys on foot, which is nice. So, um, again, nice little bonus there. So, um Dave's just thrown a lot of chat down there. It's it's great. Um, I, 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 I was gonna, I, I was going to call out Dave Kerr. Dave Kerr, yep. uh, back to back Australian master, absolutely mm. one of the greatest Warhammer players of all time and space. Uh, throwing shade at Gammy to say no big steppers. Um, so and, and I will, I would yeah, like look, to acknowledge. And, that, and and what, other, yeah, go on. No, you're uh, the the other thing is he he alludes to the fact that. Um, Look, I've referred to the bone splitters as basically the the ex girlfriend that you keep going back to to give a phone call when you're really drunk because they're they're the army that's let me down many many a time and you just keep going back because there's a, a deep seated love there that I have for them and yeah it's so that's what he's alluding to there it's a great time and he loves his big stabbers as well yeah. he does but he needs to come back to cities of Sigma and bring those executioners and make them great again. Yeah. But he does. He the... really needs to get the old Darkling Covens out. That's what I want from him. Yeah, Darkling make Coven. Darkling Coven great again. Come on, Dave. That's Kerr. it. Yeah. So why why not big stabbers? Let's acknowledge the the pink elephant in the yep. room. I love big stabbers. I think they're yep. fantastic. I'm. Uh, yep. I think most players should have them. Why have you opted against taking them? Yeah. Look, I have uh, put four hundred points because most of the time you look at the the build I've got there. I would say with the points that. You know, you know, you could drop the 10 pigs and, and put in six big stabbers with those points, um, you know, play around with that. Uh, for me, big stabbers are a fantastic unit with a, a lot of damage output and a lot of people instead of the rogue guider will take eight big stabbers, a unit of eight big stabbers. Um, and I have seen that, you know, I'm in the Bone Splitters WhatsApp chat. There's a, there's a lot of chat around the idea of, do I take out big stabbers? Do I take a, a rogue idol? Um, you know, do you play around with those points, drop the pigs, put in six six big stabbers instead? Um, it, it's that sort of thing of, uh, I think with the pigs for me, it's body count, um, 10 models as opposed to six. Yes, the damage output from big stabbers is huge, but people tend to target them very quickly as well. So, um that, that's my thinking behind that. Also, to tell you the truth, to buy a box of Savage Orcs, you get two big stabbers in the box, and that's the only way of getting big stabbers without converting. And um, I'm a big fan of the models of the big stabbers, and I wouldn't want to really convert, you know, really dodgy versions of them to make a unit of eight. So that, that's my honest reason for not running them. Yes, yeah, so it's not like you don't, models, you don't do it. 
it's not like you don't see value in it, but when you start taking a big unit of stabbers, the choice is really, do I take a rogue idol? Do I take the stabbers? It's re- it's going to be very, very hard to do both with the cunning rock and to do everything else you need. Yep. 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 And look, if I was to drop the cunning rock and be a real man, uh, I, I could do eight big stabbers and a rogue idol, as Dave's suggesting. And maybe I will be that age of Sigma hero one day, but maybe not. We'll see. As Dave Kerr says, be the hero this game needs. So we've got the we've got the arrow boys because they feature in the cunning rock. Yep. Uh, the other call out probably to make correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, is that uh, the old savage arrow boys used to come in a block of thirty. Now the unit size is up to a maximum of twenty. Yeah, so that was the good thing that they added in for the cunning ruck is that, yeah, people used to run units of 40 originally. Uh, so you'd have about 120 arrow boys on the table uh, with the that. points that they had. Um, and yep, and then they increased the points cost of arrow boys because that was their only way of dealing with the massive mistake they made there. Uh, and then with this book release, they, they reduced the cunning ruck because the idea of cunning ruck is that you're meant to be like a scouting unit that's essentially the the fluff behind a cunning ruck is you guys are the ones that sneak up do the forward scouting come back for the main force that's kind of their thinking behind it so reducing to units of 20 makes more sense because a big blob of 40 guys is very obvious to an army if they see that coming towards them they go oh cool there's a giant army over there but instead reduce it to 20. um i there was a lot of anger from some bone splitters players about that change but i think it was a really nice one just to you know unit of 20 is nice and easy People tend to ignore it for the rogue idol or the ten big uh, uh, ball boys going into their lines, but uh, yeah, it's it's a nice little bonus. I like the twenty boys; it's nice. They're still good. Uh, anything else you want to make about your Savage Oryx uh, with their stickers? Yeah, so the stickers. Uh, so they're the spears for those people playing at home that don't know what a sticker is. Um, more for their range, they are on thirty-two inch bases so um 32 inch 32 mil bases so you've got a two inch range with their big uh, their little spear boys so you're getting all your attacks basically with the unit of 20 that that's my thinking behind it um you know if realistically i the older list that i ran had a unit of 30 uh with stickers so that's where you had your benefit of running it and i just didn't want to chop their hands off and put choppers on instead so um you know, it's fours and fours as opposed to fours and threes. It's really much of a muchness in in a sense there. So I'd rather get more attacks in all the time than some quality attacks half the time sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, for me, love the 20 boys. This is a nice little objective holder. They're a five-up save in combat. Uh, give them a dance nearby. If you've got the war dock, you can add one to save. If I wanted to change and add in a the instead of Gorkamorka's Warcry running Cunning Beast Spirits instead and get another save, uh, which you mentioned earlier as well, you can get them to a three plus save in combat with two wounds, six up after save as well. They're they're a pretty tanky unit. Um, I really like them as just a you know a, people focus on the Arrow Boys, people focus on the other units, and the twenty boys tend to get ignored and they usually win me the game by sitting on objectives. So they're great. And, that, and that's always been like, you know, target number one when, when Cunning Rock, and people still have nightmares of Cunning Rock mm. from 2016. So the moment people hear Cunning Rock, they're thinking, take out that Savage Big Boss. They're thinking, take down the Arrow Boys as quick as possible. And you're taking advantage of that by then running up with the Savage Oryx and your, and your Boar Boys to do the damage while everyone's yep. focusing on your Arrow Boys. Correct. Yep. Yep. Which leads us to my 
I'm going to say my favorite unit in the game, which is Poor Boy Maniacs by far. So 10 models there. Uh, the reason why I love them, there are 70 attacks in that unit currently, just sitting there. So in that 70. unit of 10. 70. 7 0. 7 Yep. Um, wow. They used okay. to pile in twice. That used to be their ability. Uh, but instead they went, you know, most of the time with a six up save, you weren't surviving. Uh, so I think they made a conscious choice there to say, let's make it five attacks with the boys on top. That's if you've got five or more models, which is why I'm a unit of 10, not two units of five. Um, so you've got the five attacks with boys on top, two with per boar, uh, essentially Bulk attacks, um, great movement, chuck a breath of Gork and Walker on them, and they're flying 24 or 36 if you're lucky. Uh, you know, threat range in your lines, 10 models, um, put them onto screens. You know, people who are trying to hold objectives with screening units, pigs will take care of them every day of the week. They're a fantastic unit. And again, uh, people will ignore them until they play them, and then they'll either put all their effort into destroying them or, uh, again, it'll be... You know, one of those things where do you put all your effort into destroying them, do you ignore them and have 70 attacks coming in? Because, again, like what you were saying before, you say to your opponent, look, this is what they could do, but realistically, they're not that great. And people go, 70 attacks? So that that's all they hear and, and put their effort into it. Yeah, God bless them. And then the, you yep. said your, your arrow boys are shooting them because everyone's now attacking your, man, your, your ball boys. So yep. um, I think, yep. you know, we've, talk, we've talked a few times on this channel about, you know, you really want to be... If you want to get good at competitive wargaming in Age of Sigma, you really need to have at least three individual uh, threat units. You really want to be aiming for four. So having yep. the Arrow Boys as one, probably even two. You've got the Maniacs. You've got the Rogue Idol. Uh, you've got the Savage Oryx. You know, you've got at least four there. So if someone did put all their focus fire on the on the Ball Boys, sweet. Yep. You've still got the Arrow Boys. You've still got the Savage Oryx. You've still got the Rogue Idol, uh, which leads us to one of my favorite models that i haven't owned um when i my last forge world order was between the troll hag and the rogue idol and i went the troll hag not disappointed but the rogue idol is no, pretty sexy choice. for me great. because it it is a it, you can bring it into gloom spike kits as well so it's a gloom spike kits and an orc yep. unit talk to me about why you got it because the rules are boss yeah look um you know, I'm, I'm not, I'll try and keep it as G-rated as possible, but I'm going to call him the big dick player because he is just, he he's massive. Um, when it was funny, I, I think I did the show with Brogan um, before they released the, the rules for the updated version of the Rogue yeah. Idol, I'm pretty sure, because we were talking about, I don't think we talked you know, the idea about... of how great it would be. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we talked too much no, about it. no. And, it, you know, when the, it, it was great before, it was an awesome model before and, and great rules before. And then what they did was War Clans dropped and then they updated the War Scroll through Forge World and said, oh, by the way, you get Bone Splitters and you get the war, uh, the Iron Shores keyword as well, which means that you get all the bonuses of the Bone Splitters keyword. So you're getting a further up after save. So you got the War Paint saved from them. You've also got the monster chart as well for the rogue idol, which a lot of people forget. So you put a rogue idol into a monster, you're getting the ability to either give plus one to hit, pile in six, or uh, every six is a mortal wound on top of the damage that you normally do. So uh, a rogue idol with plus one to hit 
is fantastic because he's already got re-roll ones to hit on the charge. So he tends to go to hitting on twos, re-rolling ones on the charge. Yeah, so he, with already, his... he already base state, he's already hits on threes base, re-rolling ones. Then the, the plus one is twos, yep. re-rolling and, ones. Yep, correct. And, you know, then you can do all the spells on him. So you can give him plus one to save from the dance from the war dock. So he goes to a three up save. You can then, um, so he gets a three up save, five up after save and a six up after save. So that actually stacks which is really nice. Uh, he His damage output is mental, so he's got damage two, I believe, on his feet, uh, and then his fists are D6 damage. But oh. what you can actually do is if you want to ally in a War Chanter, which I did with another list at um, uh, Runax last year, you can then double, well, not double, but you can add one to that damage as well. So those feet become damage three and... Um, because he's got the Iron Jaws and Bone Splitters yeah, keyword, yeah. there's no issue issue doing that. So he is a great model. Uh, 16 both, wounds. Both Ren, Ren minus two as well. So the damage, yep, yep. You're, you're consistently putting through damage. Absolutely. And in Drakfoot, it means he ignores after saves and Ethereal as well. So you throw him into Night Haunt, you throw him into Death, you throw him into Daughters of Cain, anything. You know, he's going to do some damage and do a lot of damage at that. And, you know, he's also got the ability where he's doing mortal wounds uh, if you're hanging around him because he's got rocks falling off him. If he dies, he does mortal wounds. He's a really solid unit for 400 points. He's one of the best out there for sure. And, and the reason I like him as well is he gets player because he also gives plus one to the casting role to get yep. and to uh, Auric Wizards that are within mm -hmm. six inches of him. So... Uh, both a great choice for, you know, for me who was running a very magic, you know, lots of small like fungoid cave shamans and madcap mm. shamans, you know, hug that around, you know, more consistency with your endless spells, you're throwing over your bodies of gits. Uh, for yourself, you've got this absolute crazy combat punch and kind of looping back to when Matt was first talking about his army selection, you if you can do a triple move on the, the rogue idol, so it currently unwounded moves 10, we're making that 30 up to and flies mm -hmm. wow yeah and and the great thing is is with uh breath of gorka morka it used to be your hand of gorka it used to be that you would have fly for the next turn uh for the next movement but uh what they actually did was it's just you have the fly keyword until your next hero phase so they made it so that during combat you still have fly when you charge it's it's great so you can fly over screens you can do whatever you like he is a solid rock solid winner yes thank you david oh, for I was gonna, that one so I, can't, I can't let yeah i can't let dave curse comment for yeah. rock solid absolutely yeah. <laughs> look yeah thanks dad it's great yeah it's awesome it's very cool but he's yeah great model um you know you chuck him into a icebone war clan and he gets an extra rend if he rolls a six to wound so he can go to rend three with some of that so you know it's there's you lots later. of different play he's a great model yeah see you later bone reapers absolutely yeah and that's the thing yeah you look at bone reapers people look at the after save there as well it's gone rend yeah, see no, you later no. you know, rend, rend, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty crazy yeah and uh, his and survivability then... is the big thing so that yeah, me. yeah. I, I mean, I mean you know, so many wounds, you know, it's just what I like about the Rogue Idol and, you know, I don't want to talk, we've already talked a lot about the Rogue Idol. It is a great piece. Uh, I wish I had an affiliate link to Games Workshop Forge World to uh, get all the sales, but 
It's a utility piece. It does it does damage. It's got lots of wounds. Uh, it's going to help you with the casting. It's just a great utility piece. It, it'll hold its own, so you could have it on a flank, have it in the centre of the board, and not have to worry about buffing it up. Your rest of your army does its own thing. Um, and, again, it's, a, it's another threat. Uh, and a self-contained threat, I think, is why I really like it. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, finally, that you've got the battalion that is the Cunning Rock. So, why the Cunning Rock? Mm. What's that bringing to the table? Yeah, look, uh, the other list that I ran originally had uh, eleven drops, I believe, and no CP. So there wasn't a command point in there. And the the biggest weakness with this army, and we'll get to weaknesses. I'm I'm sure we'll get to that point um, later on. But it is the bravery. And it's also the amount of drops. So you're wanting to reduce the drops here. And, and it, I think it drops it down to about a six drop army instead of a 10 or 11. Um, you know, reducing that significantly gives me that opportunity to either go first or second. And obviously with um, the five inch move at the start of the game, I can dictate then if I know that I'm going first, I can kind of put the pressure on or I can take a step back and give the turn to the opponent. So um yeah he's it's the cunning rucks there mainly for its great utility um i've found being bogged down in combat so some people tie you up in combat if i can shoot in the hero phase and clear some stuff up um then that helps it also helps with positional play as well so moving in that hero phase is quite significant and as i said breath of gorkamorka applies in the hero phase now as well so you get hero phase and movement phase at double movement if you need if you need to so um you know you can go 20 inches with a unit arrow boys and you know 38 inches away you've, you've got a bit of threat there so people tend to forget that one which is great yeah and people like i'm watching i've been playing a lot of tabletop um simulator age of sigma and right now seraphon is absolutely wrecking face and one of the things that's doing that is uh lord croak and putting him on a, a bail wind uh, and the challenge is going to be how do you get to him and, you know, having the volume of attacks that uh, Cunning Rock can produce, having the five-inch move, being able to shoot in the hero phase, you know, yes, he'll be minus one to hit because he'll be near his little friends, but ultimately you could take down that Ashleth Berry, you could take down um, that Lord Croak, you know, if you're going against OBR and you've got that Harvester, you could probably take the Harvester out pretty easily um, and really just kind of break up your opponent's synergy from the get-go. So I can see why on top of, you know, the battalion, you get the command point, the artifact, um, it, and it's probably most likely the models you were probably going to put in this army anyway. And if it's not the Cunning Rock, it'd be something equivalent. Correct, yep. Is it, is it, brutal, is, is it brutal Rock, the one that's more combat-focused? Uh, it is, yeah. So that's yeah. the one where you can run and charge. So, which, again, I love that they put in Brutal and Cunning and into everything. It just... It, makes my day well done cheetah so love it and that's and that's probably a really good call out as well guys is that this is just one example there is no silver bullet to to uh, any of the list in age of sigma right so if you're sitting here going i don't want the rogue idol i can't afford forge world i don't like the model cool no problems we've given you an example you might want mm. to bring in you know some big stabbers if you're yep, like oh, i don't really want to do a lot of shooting we could probably put more points into the savage oryx and go into the brutal rock um, you know, there's a lot of versatility here that, you know, you can plug and play, but it's great to hear, Matt, how you kind of bring it all together. And I can I can start to see the synergies of where you get those extra attacks, you know, where you're kind of, you know, taking advantage of your drag foot um, and, and how it synergistically works on the table uh, as multiple threats. Yeah, and that's that's what I love about this army is the synergy and the fun. The fun behind it's a massive thing. It's um, There's a lot to it where you sit there and 
the rules, you know, the mask, like as much as people freak out about it, you know, that roll of a one does happen and, and people just laugh. That, uh, you know, I've never had, and, and I can honestly say I've never had an, a game where people sit there and this is where I used to play old Cunning Ruck as well and used to just watch, you know, and hate the world and watch the world go by as I'm rolling a million dice because you talk it through with your opponent, you know, if you have a bit of fun with it as well, if you're dancing and, you know, have engagement with your opponent, it's a really great army and people do love the rules behind it because you explore and as you start unpacking in the game, people really enjoy it. And and the, even the names and stuff, it's it's a lot of fun. It's great. And I, and I think that's what I've noticed between the first edition of this book and the second edition is it's now a fun army to play against. I think very early on mm-hmm. we would just, in the moment you'd hear you're playing Cunning Ruck, you'd be like, oh, here we go. It's going to be the world's longest, mm. you know, world's longest hero phase, the world's longest shooting phase. I'm going to go to the bar, go to the toilet, go go buy yep. something from a convention. I'll be back and you'll be on your re-rolls. But now yep. it seems like a really cool contained army that is going to be fast and an enjoyable experience for all. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good fun. So this has been really cool. Um, I'm going to ask a couple of final questions to kind of wrap this up based on your experience. Yep. Uh, again, I'll get some shout-outs from you as well. But... If I'm if I'm playing bone splitters, how do I how do I win? Now, obviously scenarios and matchups and all of that's going to be different. But at a very high level, what are the things that are going to help you win the game? Yeah, look, if you've got uh, shooting, so shooting definitely deals a lot with this army. Um, a, a big thing behind that as well is being able to target characters. So. Um, you, you probably noticed that characters are quite a significant aspect to this game and and particularly with bone splitters as well. And if you can uh, disrupt magic, um, so Seraphon are doing a great job of that at the moment with, uh, with board-wide dispels um, and their bonuses to dispel as well. Uh, if you come across anything where you can kind of have a high armor save is uh, probably our biggest weakness. Um, so Stormcasts are actually really tough to play against because they just can get to a two-plus save and a re-rollable save if they've got um, the Hammer Bros, what are those guys called, the Sequitors? Um, yeah. you, you know, where they just say, I'm going to re-roll saves. And you go, yep, yeah. cool, I, I'm going to roll lots of dice, you're going to roll lots of dice, this has been fun. Um, you know, it, it's that, that sort of thing of there are a lot of weakness in this army um, and it's not a forgiving army, so don't don't feel like you're the worst player in the world if, you, if you're losing every game with them and, and you... You will get better with them. That's my biggest thing. I, I think um, if you're an opponent to come up against them, you know, I know Adam has been in the chat and uh, we played each other last year at Toowoomba GT with my bone splitters just before it was the weekend the War Clans book came out. So I was longingly looking at the new book and playing the old book. And, um, you know, he just straight away went, I'm going to take the Savage Orc Big Boss out. Um, which takes a lot of the threat out of the army as well because it takes that big step of, okay, you can't double do this you can't you know throw all your extra bonuses in anymore um now it's a bit more taking away cutting ruck is painful but i feel um not as uh significant anymore well it used to be a one trick pony to be honest it used to be a one trick pony um you take down the savage big boss you don't have to worry about bone splitters now there is you know more diversity and there's a bit more you can do with it yeah, and and I think if you've um, if you play smart with your positioning and you play smart with screens, uh, you can beat bone splitters players, and and their bravery is a big issue as well. So if there's any negs to bravery, any um, you know damage that can be done 
quite significantly. I, I would target units. That's how I'd take it out. Don't try and spread all your damage. Um, put all your focus into one, get them down significantly, then move on. Don't just kind of say, I'm going to plip off little bits. Um, it's not really worth it at the end of the day. So that's that's how I'd beat Bone Splinters. Yeah. Well, I like I like how I asked you about the strength and we quickly went into how to beat you. But <laughs> um, I guess kind of wrapping up my original question as well, I'm thinking that five-inch move um, from half your army would be really great to seize objectives early uh, to help kind of deny your opponent from screening, to screen your army and mm. stop them from like teleporting and doing things where they really want to get the alpha strike. Um there's a lot of turn one charging from things yep. like your more crushes and your stone horns. So you can kind of, again, block them out a little bit or kind of resist them a little bit. Um, yep. You got the shooting, got the combat. Um, yeah. And, and I think the, another thing to um, consider is the base size of your regular guy, 32, 32 mil, sorry, I keep going inches, 32 mil base uh, spread across, you know, units of 20, it takes up a lot of board space. And like you said, that more crusher, people go, yep, I'm used to just driving into stuff and killing it. And if I can throw away, you know, a unit of 20 boys, I'm I'm okay with losing that. That's that's something that um, if you start playing bone splitters to the people out there, get used to losing units. But don't drop your head. Like, that's a big thing is don't sit there and think the game's over as soon as you lose a unit. It's, um, there's a, a lot of, what I love is, is that the, buffs can be put on any single unit and you're going to get you know a bank for buck out of them so arrow boys stickers you know your rogue idol your pigs you put the buffs all into that unit they're going to do whatever you want them to so um consider that yeah something maybe before i go to my last question um an yeah. observation that i have and you may disagree is that yeah. you don't have a lot of high wound heroes so if I'm coming up to a, you know, a duality of death or one of those scenarios that requires a hero with an artifact of power or a mm. hero in general, it's a very hard fight. So you're almost like using all of your bodies to screen off the objective while your squishier heroes are trying to claim it. Um, yep. you, you don't have that big hero, I, I guess, is what I'm kind of going with. No, no, there's no monster hero. And that's, um, it was funny, there was an art piece of uh, Fire Slayers versus Auric War Clans. And I think there's... In the artwork, the wyverns have been ridden by bone splitters, and um, it looks great. It, it might have even been um, not wyverns. What are the more crushes? So yeah. it looked, you know, bone splitters riding more crushes, and everyone thought, "Oh, we're going to get a dragon. We're going to get, you know, this." And you know, it does take away the entire fluff of the whole army, which is we literally go around hunting monsters through the realm. So I don't know why we keep them as pets. Um, you know, it's that sort of thing of yes, okay, I get it. Um, but the reality is, as you run six small characters, you can still, you know, like hide away. You can get in behind terrain, use that to your advantage. Yes, flood the objectives, you know, like that's the great thing is you put 60 models onto a board, uh, onto two objectives and say, okay, there's 120 wounds there. You've got to get through that before you can start claiming objectives. Meanwhile, your one guy on six wounds is down the end and people are putting their resources into killing off the waves of models whilst there's a rogue idol stomping around and trying to target models as well and units because with their three inch range on their fists and everything so you know there's the yes we do have squishy heroes uh but i think if you play them right they can still be pretty survival the wagon prophet tends to die um, unless people put all their resources in killing him uh, he tends to survive the whole game mainly because of the negs to hit with that sort of stuff as well which is quite nice 
Yeah, and if, and if that's something that you're really struggling with in your local meta or maybe you're going to a tournament that has more of those hero scenarios, maybe it's getting the Griff Feather Charm from Gurr, maybe it's, you know, making sure all of your heroes are going to be available to look at, sir, and just, you know, looking at maximise that screen um, mm. because it is quite hard. It, it can be hard to win those hero scenarios, especially when, like, Nagash or Marathi go on one and you've got to kind of mm -hmm. beat them off that objective. But yep. you've got enough to be able to claim an objective and then kind of deny people from getting around it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, agreed. So the, fi the final question I've got for you, Matt, before we kind of wrap things up. Sorry, Gammy, I should be calling you Gammy. <laughs> that's all right, man. That's okay. Matt, so Matt, I'm, Matt, only, Matt, I'm only mad if I'm in trouble. So it's Matt's, Matt's very formal. And that's <laughs> yeah, like the, uh, yeah. the, the, big, the big wag version of this. <laughs> the last thing, you know, you, you mentioned right at the start of this, this show that, you know, you've been playing these guys for a long time. You know, you are a highly experienced Bone Splitters player. There's not a lot of people in Australia playing pure Bone Splitters, but you're one of the few mm -hmm. and doing it quite successfully. Mm -hmm. What have you learned from playing this army that may not be so easy to understand or it's going to take you some time to kind of learn the tricks or the, the tactics that aren't as obvious from reading the battle tone, whether it's things that you think is going to work that don't or yep. things that you were surprised with that you weren't expecting? Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, the biggest thing that I've learned with this army is to have a plan b at all times um you know in a in a perfect storm you will do amazing damage but uh you know we've alluded to it throughout this whole time that hitting on fours you know getting your spells on six or a seven getting you know like everything's not going to happen the way you want it to and the biggest thing that i've learned is um they can be frustrating but they can be rewarding as well and for me when you read the book you look at all the combos, you look at everything, and you think, okay, cool, I can see, you know, a thousand attacks going out and me killing everything. That's not going to happen. Um, I, I kind of said it before, how I beat Bone Splitters is by targeting and taking things out. That's how I play Bone Splitters, is to actually, you know, put all your resources into killing one thing that's going to hurt you. Don't try and split it up. Um, you know, even all my time, you know, the, all the games that I've played with them, I'll still do it where I'll say, I'll just split these attacks and try and give it a go. It never works. Um, so whenever I'm at an event, um, big thing is you just put your resources into killing the stuff that's going to hurt. Um, and if it doesn't happen, then you, you've got to have your backup plan. Think two turns ahead. It's kind of a lot of people who play Sigma competitively talk about that idea of thinking ahead. What's your what's your game plan? What What's your opponent going to do? And, and kind of, again, that's what I like about the book is that you it's you positioning your opponent to play your game rather than you play theirs. And that's what I would say is you wouldn't read initially in the book. You'd read, okay, it's cool. It's got lots of cool little rules. Spell lore is fantastic, which is true. Um, but again, people would just kind of put all their eggs in one basket and hope for the best. Um, I would say, you know, take advantage of the fact that you can buff every unit in the game. Um, you know, that, that, that list that I'm running there is there's not a single unit in that that list where I couldn't go, okay, I'll just buff this or I'll buff that, you know, use that advantage and play to your advantage there. Um, use the CPs for, for bravery. <laughs> That's the big thing. Don't, don't, you know, hope for that bravery check and you're going to pass and roll a one because it's not going to happen. So yeah. yeah. And losing a lot of models, you know, two wound models when you lose them to battle shock, it does hurt a lot. So yeah. And they're, and they're big wounds to lose those guys. So absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I so like I, I like your advice about uh, going overkill. You know, 
it's often a decision that often works against us. It's the lesson that I learned by playing death is that when you play death, if you don't grind that unit into the ground, there's a good chance it's going to regenerate back from the grave sites, grave regenerate back from the heroes. So you just got to clear it out a hundred percent. And I think that's a good methodology yep. to have if it's important to yep. you. Absolutely. And, and the thing is like, be realistic that's that's my big thing i'd say what i've learned is be realistic you're not going to go in and beat every opponent you're not going to go up against the new armies and and decimate you're going to barely scrape through and you're going to struggle the entire time and sometimes i will go to an event and go two and three with these guys and walk away and go man that was the worst event i've ever played at but you can sit there and and replay the games in your mind and say, well, actually, there's a couple of moments in it where really it, it's the knife edge. So, um, you know, play to that and and enjoy it while you can because um, they, they are genuinely one of the most enjoyable armies. And it's why I said they're the ex-girlfriend I keep calling because they, they're genuinely just – I just go back and have a great time and I'll – play against my mates and they sit there and say, you can just see that I'm having fun with them because of the way that they play. And, and that's a big thing there. So I think the the thing that I, 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 I you're hundred percent correct. You know, when I think about the iron jaws, you're hitting someone with a sledgehammer. When I look at the bone splitters, you're hitting them with a scalpel. Um, there mm -hmm. is a surgery on how to kind of take things out. And yes, you can do like your absolute reign of stars. Um, by shooting off the, the moon and the sun with all of the arrows, but target priority and, you know, manipulating the board to your mm. advantage is, is mm. critical. Um, yeah. So I like, I like that you, you think, and, I, and I, I agree with you that you have the tools to be able to win. It's not like you have, yeah, you have bad matchups, but so does mm. everybody, but it's probably coming back to you and your play style more than this army just can't handle insert meta army here. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, like um, Hawkeye said in the chat there, like Benjamin Sabber, he's, he's, he's done really well with them. And I have spoken to him a fair bit about bone splitters. And what I like is he, he has a different way of thinking about Age Sigma. Um, and he has done well with the bone grinds list because he plays to that. I'm going to manipulate the board control and then get his eight big stabbers in to clear up whatever he needs to and and you know or rogue idol we've we've spoken about what's better to take rogue idol or, or big stabbers and you know um it, it is that sort of thing of if you're a good player they will benefit you you know the old book dave kerr won uh bris hammer with bone splitters yeah. you know when yeah. when a lot of people weren't doing well with them so you know there are if you're a good player, you can pick them up and do really well with them. I know a lot of people are running them in big wire at the moment because you can yeah. get the bonuses to hits. Um, you know, I know that's what um, Peter Atkinson's doing. That's what a few others have been doing. They've been playing, you know, the big wire because it's such a great stand back, buff everything up. But I just, I just, I'm a purist in that sense. I, I love the, the actual war clans themselves. And we've spoken again to those people a fair bit about, the benefit of running pure bone splitters. I'm just a bit stubborn, I think, and just kind of say I no, want to stick think, to pure bone splitters. I think those big wild people are just using a crutch like Petrofix Elite in OBI. If they were real, really talented players, they'd be like you and Sava going pure bone splitters. Uh, please don't at me, uh, Peter. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, they're an awesome army. And, and the great thing as well is that um, if you go bone splitters, it's then super easy to flip into the big wild. Uh, and, yeah. you know, grab a couple of iron jaws uh, and then you can obviously jump into the iron sword. So either way, the, the book has great versatility. And Absolutely. Keep you active yep. in the meta. 
uh, which is what I love. Yeah, and it's just a beautifully written book as well for the sense that you can get years and years out of playing different armies from it. So I think it's a massive advantage there. Love it. All right. Well, if you are thinking about getting on to the Bone Splitters, get on there. Uh, it is a great army. Um, Gammy, do you want to bring us home? Any shout-outs? If people wanted to find more about you and kind of chat to you about things, where can they find you on the internet? Yep. Um, so very quick shout-out to my boys in the Mango Mafia. They have lived the dream this entire time in ISA. I really look forward to playing some games with you boys again. I've only been able to play one or two games over the last week, couple of weekends where we've been allowed to have one person and now a couple more, which we're starting to lift those restrictions. So I look forward to hanging out with you boys again. Um, Dave Kerr, can't wait to see you start smashing some Darkling Covens again and showing the burning the world with the subpar army. It's going to be great. Uh, the Doctor, you know, he's the man that just lives the dream with his Stormcast and he's kind of like me with Bone Splitters. He goes back to his Stormcast every five minutes and I love it. Um, Bruce Hammer boys, they're at the insane boat as well. I can't wait to have a Bruce Hammer GT. Um, it's a real shame that all this stuff has happened because we had a really big event, you know, lined up, and I was I was really excited to to rock some armies there. But I, it'll happen in the future, and I look forward to it. So Dino and the boys, hello to you. And finally, if you want to get me, I am uh, on a fair few in, uh, Age of Sigma pages. I'm on the Sydney page. I'm on the Southeast Queensland page. I'm you know, hiding, lurking everywhere, but um, on the Bone Splitters page as well. But a big thing is Twitter is kind of my, that's that's kind of my space where a lot of people will contact me through that. Um, I'm at M underscore Gammy. It's nice and easy. Um, it's, it's, it's in the episode description, guys. There you go. If you want, Sweet. So, if you want to find it, uh, it's in the episode description. Go give yeah. this man a follow. He knows yeah. his stuff and he's a great painter too. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Um, uh, I love this hobby for the fact that I get to talk to people like you and and talk about something that's a lot of fun. You know, I was saying before, was laughing at me for you know sitting here saying you're going to talk for, about Warhammer for an hour and a half. I was like, yes, yes, I am, and I'm going to have a great time. So yeah, it's um, you know, if you ever want to message me about Bone Splitters or any other army, then chat away. I've I've loved to talk about it. The hobby, it's great. Uh, man, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I wish I could be a fly in the wall to hear the conversation that's going to happen when we shut this episode off and your missus hears you talking about your ex-girlfriend, which we were talking about was the bone splitters. <laughs> yeah. But she's like, why are you talking on the internet with your ex-girlfriend? We're going to have a big, a big thing. But either yeah. way, uh, there's a yeah. great army. Uh, I hope you all who have watched this have found some form of value when it comes to building out or starting your bone splitters force. This is the not, not the only way to do it. So, do have a look at the way you kind of build it. Take some of those tips if you want to go Drakfoot or maybe go into one of the other builds. But, Gammy, this has been an absolute pleasure. To close off the show, don't forget to to, to use your Triumph. Um, we, all, we all forget it. I'm trying to find some signatures, but that's that's the current one. Don't forget your Triumph. And get back in there and shoot all the heroes. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back soon. See y'all.